Hello everyone and happy new year. I hope you are doing fantastically well today. This is Rafael Garcia here with you on Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. Happy new year. Happy holidays and all of that good stuff from just a few weeks ago. But I'm here for episode 191 of the MMA Ratings Podcast. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to me tonight or whenever you get an opportunity to check out the show. Shawan Humes is not here as he had a prior engagement that snatched up some of his time. But that will not stop us from bringing you a show tonight. So let's go ahead and let everybody know what we're going to be talking about. But also before we do that, let me take a minute to thank you and do a little bit of housekeeping as we usually do. So as I said, Thank you for taking the time to listen to this show. You can always find us first and foremost over at MMARatings.net, which is our flagship. If you type in .com, you'll get there as well. You can check out this podcast and all of our content across the podcast network on YouTube, which is our main channel, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google um, Podcasts and Apple um Apple iTunes as well. You can catch us in all of those locations. If you want to hit us up on social media, go to MMA Ratings Net on both Instagram and Twitter. Me, you can check me out at rgarcia underscore sports where you will find me often ranting and rambling about professional wrestling mostly. I have just finally started getting back into writing about MMA because I was having some hard times with the sport and just the way people have been behaving these past few this whole year, this whole year's been a shit show in the sport, more so than it's been recently or in years past, just because of the QAnon and conspiracy theory and all the other stuff that's popping up in mixed martial arts, it's getting out of control. And it was really making me hard, making it hard for me to cover MMA the way I used to, the way I like to. So I'm slowly getting back into it. I've actually published my first MMA piece, not my first, but like my first back for um, Fanside MMA this week, and you'll see some MMA ratings content come out for me this week as well too. So hopefully I can get back into the, into the vibe of, of things and cover this sport that I really do love. But as I said, we're here to talk about MMA and boxing, and we have a couple of different things to talk about this week. I want to start off first with the Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell fight from this past weekend, and I wish that Schwann was here because this was something I really wanted to talk with him about. So from a just results standpoint, Ryan Garcia finished off Luke Campbell in the seventh round of their 12-round fight for the vacant WBC interim lightweight title, and he finished off Campbell with a nasty body shot, and as you know, Anyone who's ever watched or enjoyed combat sports, especially within boxing, and when you get hit with a sick body shot, it, there's always the delayed reaction. You get hit, then you see the fighter stand there. They usually straighten up first, and their body just turns off like a power switch has been pulled out of their butt. And that's basically what happened to Campbell. However, comma, big comma, Campbell had some strong moments in the fight early. He dropped Ryan Garcia with a nice left hand. And if you look at the video of Garcia going down, it wasn't one of those, oh, he slipped or 
he got hit and he was he was okay and he just went down to touch his knee or something like that. The way he fell, he fell in a way that was clear that he was hurt. There was no recovery from that if from a standpoint of he was like he wasn't hurt. And like if this would have been an, an MMA bout and he got dropped like that, he would have been pounced on and, and finished. There was no way he was going to recover from that. But he took a nasty shot, and then he, he gets back to his feet. But from there forward, he begins to dominate and take control of the fight from the second, third round forward because he was hurt for the rest of that second round. And this was really, this was an interesting moment because I was very, watching very closely the way people on social media were talking about this fight. And everybody was really incensed about that moment when Garcia got knocked down. So many people were hoping that Campbell was going to be able to finish. They were hoping that he was going to be able to finish in the second or the third round. That did not occur. And the wheels fell off from him for him from that point forward. But Ryan Garcia proved a lot in this fight. This was a good bout. This was a very good fight. This was a fun fight as well. And that's really what boxing fans needed because fun fights are the fights that get people talking about them and they're the, they're the fights that get build fans and they build a fan base and they build a desire to see this fighter fight again in the future and I think that Ryan Garcia coming out with this victory the way he did really did that for himself so I for one am interested in seeing what's next for Ryan Garcia because he still has a lot of growth to go through at this point in his career. He is, let me see how old he is. He's 21 and 0 and he is only 22 years old. He just turned 22 this past August. So what I'm hearing a lot of people talk about this fight is they're saying that these are the type of fights where you see how a fighter may grow or how they may not grow because Garcia his defense was very shaky. That's what allowed him to get clipped and get dropped in that fight and, and almost put him in a position to lose about that he was heavily, heavily favored to win. So you wonder what his growth is going to be like. And you know he's going to be taken care of because he is working with Canelo Alvarez. And we, we are recognizing Canelo as probably pound for pound, one of the top fighters in the industry right now. Maybe one, if he's not number one, he's probably maybe number two, somewhere around that range. But you have to wonder where Garcia's growth is next. He is, um, he's American from California, but I think he is Mexican. Let me see. I think he is, I believe he's Mexican. Yep, there you go. He has Mexican heritage. So, It'll be it'll be interesting to see his performance over time. He has a lot of time to grow into his body and grow into his abilities, which I think are very important. You see younger fighters change over time. You saw that with uh, Canelo. If you look at how he fought Floyd Mayweather, that's back in 2015, I think. That wasn't that long ago. If you look at how he fought Floyd Mayweather and how he fights now, two totally different people. Ryan may be going through that same type of growth as well. This is an opportunity for him to go through that same type of growth. And that is what is going to help him be
become a bigger star. Those are the type. These are the types of moments that that help fighters become bigger stars. And boxing is a little bit different than MMA because fighters who have multiple losses are looked at differently. I mean, Campbell, who had a good performance up until he got stopped, he is. I think he only has three professional losses. He's twenty four and four, twenty and four, so he has four professional losses. He is riding a two fight losing streak. He lost to Garcia. Lost to Vasily uh, Lomachenko, lost to Jorge Linares, and then Jan Mendy back in 2015. This guy's good. He's not bad at all. But obviously, with these four losses on his record, he's going to be looked at differently than someone like Ryan Garcia, who is undefeated. You know, boxing is just different than mixed martial arts. You're not going to have someone who has double-digit losses still being at the, at the top of their game, and still being somebody who is looked at as a top contender or a big name in the sport like the Diaz brothers or someone along those lines. You're not gonna you're not gonna have that happening. Or Alistair Overeem along those like Alistair Overeem has almost twenty losses, I believe. Now I have to look. Now I have to look. As soon as I said it, Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem has eighteen losses. Oh yeah, I was right. But going back to boxing, these guys are younger, and you're not going to see that type of those types of records at any point in their career. I wonder. I don't think Garcia fully should be looked at as the quote unquote future of boxing, but he has a good opportunity to make himself into a bigger star. We know that the Latino fan base is always going to love boxing. They're always going to have that space for it in their in their heart, and they watch boxing consistently especially around those big boxing dates that Mayweather used to do, September, Cinco de Mayo, along, along those lines. Canelo does them now. If Garcia can get himself aligned with that and maybe uh, find a way to participate, it'll be even bigger for him. I don't know what, what we're going to see from him next. He called out Javante Davis, and if you know who – you know boxing, you know who Javante Davis is. Um, I'm not too sure what his record is, but – thing about Javante Davis is that he is he has issues outside of the ring we've seen him a couple of different times get into trouble and uh, I remember the video last year I think it was maybe 2019 of him snatching that woman up in the uh, no it was it was 2020 it was before the pandemic hit where um, he grabbed her and pulled her out of the room, but he's 23 now. He just fought back in October, stopping Leo Santa Cruz. And Ryan Garcia called this guy out. So let's see what happens there and if this is an opportunity for them to make an even bigger fight with Davis and Garcia. A lot of people, at least from initial conversations, were picking Davis because he hits harder. And if you see, you see Garcia to get hit the way he did against Campbell and you assume that if, if Javante hits him the same way, Campbell's going to go down and not get back up. Or excuse me, Garcia's going to go down and not get back up. That's a pretty understandable assertion. But that's probably, or not probably, that's hopefully what's next for Garcia. And that's something I intend on watching. He's one of these guys where someone who like myself is a fringe 
boxing watcher. I don't watch it as much as I used to. I don't watch it as much as my dad does, as much as Swan or other people. Uh, Ryan is someone I can get behind, and I would like to see who he competes against uh, up against next. So let's see what happens from from that, because I am very interested in seeing what's next from Ryan Garcia after this big win on January 2nd. So I'm now going to swing to the MMA portion of tonight's show. And let's talk about a couple of different news stories. The main two I picked up this week are kind of related, kind of not. But Leon Edwards and his fight against Kazma Chimayoff, that was, I think, January 20th, is off. This happened over the holiday break, the much, much needed holiday break. I mean, guys, I took two weeks off. And you have no idea what those two weeks have done for me personally. I'm just in, I'm just in this much better place right now. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to do that. But back to the content at hand. Over the break, the fight between Chimeoff and Edwards fell through because Chimeoff had COVID. Has COVID? Had COVID? I don't know. Those are two questions that should be asked. But you know, that's neither here nor there because he's definitely showing up. On all, in all these videos without mask traveling and shit like that, but you know whatever. I am I am not my brother's keeper, and I'm definitely not Jamel's keeper, so whatever. But that fight fell off, and now it is being rescheduled. So again, I feel bad for Leon Edwards in this situation. Reports are coming out that he offered to fight twice. He offered to fight Jamel's, uh, and then he offered to fight. Um. He offered to fight Chimeoff, then he offered to fight again right after that, or fight someone else, and then turn around and fight Chimeoff again as well, or, or fight Chimeoff when he became healthy, and that situation was turned down. Why was it turned down? Because UFC shit. That's why. They turned it down because, like, no one knows why, but we know that Chimeoff is their golden boy we know that 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 he's someone that they want to be able to latch on to because of the area where he's from and we know that that is a big hotbed for mixed martial arts where people enjoy watching the uh sport and massey's a massive star in that part of the world so of course they want Chimeoff to be a huge star and they want him to pick up a win over someone who has a number by their name. That man is Leon Edwards, and he unfortunately got stuck in this position. Unfortunately, maybe not be the right word. Forced is more like it. So now he's being sidelined even longer to wait for Chimeoff's recovery. Now, you may say, oh, well, Chimeoff waited for him because Leon Edwards actually had COVID first. Yeah, you're right. He did. He waited because it's beneficial for him to wait. He's been fighting. He's been getting paid to fight. He's probably getting paid by the Chechen government right now anyway, just because that's, that's what they tend to do with their sports, sports washing practices in that region of the world. So he's not hurting for money right now. Edwards has not fought since 2019. 2019. And now he has to wait even longer for this ridiculously dangerous trap fight. And it's unfortunate to see that that happening to him. It's unfortunate to see it happening to him right now. And I wish he was being put in a better position. But this is the UFC. They don't do that. They especially don't do that for 
majority of the fighters of, of color. I'm going. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm talking about this uh situation, but black fighters get the short end of, of the, the stick in the UFC, much like they do in professional wrestling, because we are not the target demo for this industry. So Edwards is the latest in a long list of names of guys who are being basically fucked over one way or another if they're not company men. So I wish the best for Edwards in this situation here. I don't know that I haven't seen when the fight is going to be rebooked for, but it is going to be rescheduled. I've seen that headline a couple of different times. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. Bloody Elbow and Tim Bissell, who covered it on the second at the fight, will not, um, he will not get a new opponent and it will happen at a later date. How do I feel about that? I think it sucks. I think it's, I think it's not, it's not the best um, avenue at all. I, I think it's just, wow. I think it is just ridiculous that that is the situation. And that's how, that's how the situation is working for him. I just think it's too, too questionable. I think it's just too questionable right now to see how Edwards is being treated and not call it what it is. It's just unfortunate. He's really he 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 really got a raw deal here. But as I said, the Edwards and Chimeo fight is off due to COVID nineteen, and it will be rescheduled at a later date. Kevin Holland, and the reason why I said the Chimeo story is a little bit linked to him, because Kevin Holland elected, he volunteered to try to fight uh, Chimeo at one eighty five. That fight was not booked, but instead, Kevin Holland gets a big name in fighting Derek Brunson. They are fighting. I think this card is in March. March 20th, and he is fighting Derek Brunson. This is a big fight for Holland. I don't know if it's bigger than the Ronaldo Sosa fight that he just had, beating Jacare. I don't know if Jacare was ranked heading into that fight. Probably not. However, Holland is moving up. He's ranked number 10 right now. Derek Brunson is ranked number 7, and Brunson has been wanting to stop the momentum behind a lot of these younger guys rising up. Kevin Holland isn't that young though. He's been in the UFC a lot longer than people realize. Well he's only he's twenty eight. Again he's only twenty eight and he is great at his job. He is riding a five fight win streak. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, he's riding a five fight win streak as opposed to Brunson who I think is riding a three fight win streak. Let me look. Brunson, yes, he is riding a three-fight win streak, last defeating Edmund Shabazian by KO in August. Uh, that was his only fight in 2020. He fought twice in 2019. Last Theodoro and Ian Heinish. I'm very interested in this fight. I'm picking Holland because I think he has more ways to win and he is not as worried about being on his back with Brunson on top of him. The only the thing is though I don't like how he I really don't like how he seems kind of relaxed on on bottom. Uh, it worked with Jacare. He was what's the word? He was active enough to get back to his feet, get the space, and land that ridiculously nasty shot that put Jacare out. But I don't think that Brunson's going to allow that same type of space 
However, I still think that Kevin Holland can piece Brunson up on the feet and do enough damage to get a stoppage in that space. We've seen Brunson get stopped multiple times. I mean, Jacare stopped him twice. Adesanya stopped him. Uh, Robert Whitaker did. Yoel Romero did. We've seen guys stop Brunson before. And I think that Holland can do the same type of deal. He's very patient. He fights well from range. He lands shots well from range. I think that that's the type of style that can pick up a victory for him against Brunson. If he does win, question is what's next? And Holland is a threatening fight. I would I would love to see him fight Hazmat Shmayoff. I think he beats him, in my opinion. But he's sitting at number 10 right now in the ranking. So if he was to defeat Brunson and let's say that he takes that seventh spot, Jack Hermanson, Marvin Vittori, those are interesting fights. I'm really interested in Marvin Vittori because I think he is doing the right thing with how he's calling out Israel Asanya, making it a point that I'm chasing after you as he continues to defeat other people along the way, making it a point and reminding the viewing public that, hey, Adesanya didn't finish me. I put him in a very bad position and I almost I took a round off of him. Reminding people of that as he chases Adesanya, as he continues to win, is very important. So I think he is scheduled. Let me see. Now, and I wasn't planning on talking any about Marvin Vittori tonight. But I think Marvin Vittori is already scheduled for a fight. Uh, he is not. He last fought. Oh, he just fought in December. And that was the main event. So I think that, that Vittori, is, is, Vittori is positioning himself in a space where he can be considered a top contender. He's number five in the division. So if Holland defeats Derek Brunson, that could be a good fight there to make us a little far off to make uh, Vittori wait all that time. But the, at the, when you're at the top of the, of the division, it's harder to find fights. Still, that's something I would like to see in the near future. And I hope that those two guys get the opportunity to lock horns, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Kevin Holland initially over Derek Brunson when they fight at UFC Fight Night 188. Is that the number? Let's hop back here a little bit. Let's see. Uh, yep, UFC Fight Night 188 when they move to, uh, excuse me, um, a fight, fighting at UFC Fight Night 188, Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland, and I'm selecting Holland right now. Uh, the only little bit of the last piece of news before I move into our third topic tonight is that the UFC is going back to network television, at least for one show. The fight card on the 16th is set for ABC. Some outlets are calling it UFC Fight Island 7. Some outlets are calling it UFC on ABC 1. These naming conventions got to get fixed because they're, they're all over the place when it comes to the television shows. Numbered events are fine, but these television shows are all over the place, and, and you can see it here. But Max Holloway and Calvin Cater are the main event. We've I don't think we've actually talked about that. We'll probably talk about that next week during our previews. But it's a big it's a big step that they're actually moving on to ABC. Again, it's an opportunity for them to continue bringing on new fans, exposing themselves to new people, and mixed martial arts on network television is not a bad thing. It's like professional wrestling on network television. You see these 
platforms, leveraging an industry that you love, and then it's great that gives that industry more opportunity to flourish in, in the, the future. So this is just another one of those opportunities that I'm looking forward to seeing what the UFC does with this moment come next Saturday, January 16th. But you can expect a full preview of that show next week when Shawan and I are back together. I bet you he's just at home right now, chilling with his feet up, playing with his girls, talking basketball or something like that. I'm, I'm going to hit him up as soon as I'm off this call, and I guarantee you. He's just chilling and hanging out. But you want to know who's not chilling and hanging out, or maybe they are, if they're partying it up right now, and I hope he is. Kyoji Horiguchi. Kyoji Horiguchi should be considered one of the top two bantamweights in the world. We don't have him at number two. We have him at number three. Okay, fine. He is one of the best guys in the game in this weight class. He fought Kai Asakura, right? Asakura, Asakura, on December 31st for Ryzen 26, and he blasted that man in two minutes and 48 seconds. Now, Asakura defeated uh, Asakura defeated Horiguchi back in 2019, knocking him out in one minute and seven seconds, and he injured his knee. Um, he vacated the belt in 2019 due to a knee injury, he being Horiguchi. But he's back. He's back in a big way. He knocked out Asakura and started screaming out, easy fight, easy fight, easy fight. One thing I wanted, and there's something else I wanted to talk to Sean about, but how much, how good is Horiguchi in this industry at 135 pounds. He's only been beaten three times. Um, Matsukatsu Ueda defeated him back in Shoto, and that was in 2012. Demetrius Johnson defeated him back in 2015 when he was at the top of his game, and then Kai in 2019. You have to start wondering if this guy is one of the top three bantamweights in this industry. Remember, he has one, he has two wins over Darian Caldwell. Darian Caldwell, is he still? He's not the champion anymore. He actually lost the belt. Juan Archuleta is, is the champion now over Ann Bellator at 135. But when we're talking about the greats in this industry, especially at this weight cast, we have got to begin including Horiguchi in this conversation. He's always been one of my favorites. But you have to wonder if the reason why he's often left out is because he fights in Japan. And I know people don't latch on to Japanese MMA like we used to back in the day. It is not the bastion of the industry it once was. I get it. I understand. But there are still moments where you have to pay attention to it. And Horoguchi is one of those moments. Because... It is important that you recognize guys who are killing it in the industry. Roguchi is one of those men. And I wonder, this win, and just kind of the, the conversation since, had me wondering, if we took, if we made a four-man tournament, and this is actually, well, it's not possible because what I'm about to say, with a four-man tournament, 
at 135 pounds. We have Peter Yan, UFC bantamweight champion. Kyoji Horikuchi, rising bantamweight champion. Juan Archuleta, the bantamweight champion over in Bellator. And then Demetrius Johnson, the bantamweight champion over in one. I would take this fight and I would take these four men and put them in a four-man tournament. I would see them Johnson one, Horiguchi two, Yan three, and Archuleta four. Right? Yeah, that's what I would do. You may you might flip Horiguchi and Yan, maybe. But let those four men fight it out for an opportunity to face each other for all the all the all the gold. All the gold is on the line. That would be a hell of a, a hell of a tournament. We often talk about those the heavyweight Grand Prix. I never liked any of the heavyweight Grand Prix that the Bellator Bellator used to try to put on. But this right here, sign me up for all of this. Sign me up for this bantamweight Grand Prix right here. I mean, hell, if I heard tomorrow that Horiguchi and Johnson were somehow amazingly booked on a fight, the fight in one, or the fight in Ryzen, yo, I'm ordering that pay-per-view on the spot. I'm ordering that pay-per-view on the spot, and it immediately becomes my most anticipated fight of 2021. Because I love seeing the small guys fight, and these are two of the best men in the industry. Yes, Horiguchi has already suffered a loss to Demetrius Johnson, it was a one-sided. Johnson finished him with, a, with an armbar with one second left to go in the entire fight. So Horiguchi was getting his ass whooped for nearly 25 minutes. And they get submitted with one more minute or one more second remaining. Do I think he will lose again? Sure. Demetrius Johnson's getting up there, though. He's not a, he, he's not a young spry man anymore. He's 34. How old is Kyoji's 32? Let me scroll up. Kyoji's 30. So yeah, he's very young. I would like to see this rematch. Get on the horn and put these two men back together in the, in the cage somehow. Let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Demetrius Johnson hasn't fought in a year. He last fought in October of 2019. This will be a hell of a way to welcome him back. Does it happen? Probably not. You don't get those two promotions to work together. But am I here for it? Yep. If someone who works at one or works at Ryzen can make some things happen, is, is listening to the show right now, and they're like, you know what? We can book Johnson and Horiguchi, and we're going to book it just because Raphael said so on Episode 191 of the MMA Ratings Podcast. Count me in. You can have my money, sir. Because I'm going to watch it. Because that's going to be an excellent bout. But let's go ahead and talk about just a couple other things from this week before we close out today. Um, we're glad to be back. Uh, it was a long, long two weeks off. I wanted to take some time to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. I took some time to look at some of our analytics on 2019, and 2019 was a big growth year. We experienced ex exponential growth on our YouTube channel. That was a goal of mine, 
but I wouldn't expect us to grow as we did. We uh, had some strong weeks with our Spotify, uh, our basically our anchor, which manages all of our podcast listens across all of our, our channels there. We have some great nights there or as well, some great numbers there as well. We have growth in that space this year from audience uh, listeners to overall listens to everything in between. So again, thank you everybody there. I, I appreciate everyone that has taken the time to listen to the show. Please continue the support. Please continue subscribing to our channels, listening to our, 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 our shows because we're going to continue building and we're going to continue growing and continue working on our craft and our content this month. I am planning on breaking out the cameras and having video for, we're going to do the wrestling podcast first, I have video for that. And then um, hopefully we can break it out for the MMA podcast as well. So you can see my face doing some of uh, Schwann's hottest takes. But we're going to continue growing there. I have different ideas for different types of shows we can be doing as well. That's going to be coming. We have our interview series, which is going to keep, uh, continue up. I was thinking about some names of people I want to talk to. I'm going to reach out to one today. We should have some interesting content coming there. A lot of new stuff, hopefully, will be coming to MMA ratings over 2021. That will help us further establish our brand. But without you listening to our show, liking our content, commenting on our podcast, going to the website, None of this would be possible. So I just want to, th again, thank you um, and say I appreciate all of your time. I appreciate all of your clicks, all of your shares, all of your likes, all of that stuff. Because without that, this show would not be almost 200 episodes. And we're going to hit 200 episodes this year. I don't know of a lot of shows that have hit that, hit that number. We're hitting 200 episodes this year. So you've done a lot. You continue to do a lot. And as a fan, as a fight fan, as a professional wrestling fan, I just hope that this show is what you need to talk about the uh, industry, because that's what I that's those are the type of shows I listen to, the shows that hear my voice, speak from my experience, speak from my uh, perspective, and I hope that MMA ratings as a platform gives that to you. So once again, quick housekeeping: head, head over to MMARatings.net.com. Check us out there, MMA Ratings Net on Instagram and Twitter, and you can hit us up on all of our podcast, all of our podcast outlets, YouTube, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, and uh, I think that is it. My name is Rafael Garcia. My partner Shawn Humes is not here. You can catch me at rgarcia underscore sports. Him at Black Jordan Breen. And thank you again. We'll be back here next week to continue talking about the world of um, combat sports. Listen to me this weekend, too, for the next episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Everyone, have a fantastic week and stay safe.